I'm Amanda. And I'm Beth. And this is Life's Life's a Lot. Lot. This podcast grew out of friendship and a mutual desire for transparent community. We learned over the past couple years the importance of talking about our Life's a Lot moments. We just know that opening up about these moments will help break down barriers and build community that's key to a healthier human existence. We want this to be a safe space where people can share their struggles and their triumphs and help us all feel a little less alone. We hope you enjoy. Love you. Bye. Today we're talking to Christina from Colorado. <laughs> My parents, who are both dead, um, were hippies and they met in Morocco at the beach one day. Whoa, Morocco. And my mom, what a yeah. romantic beginning you came from. I know. So my mom was Italian and my um, biological father was Colombian from Bogota. They both were hippies. I think he was 10 years older than her. So my mom was like 20 when they met, maybe 18. And she had gone to Morocco with five other girlfriends from Italy. They had taken a van down to Sicily and then like put it on a boat and then you get to Morocco. Um, And she left with him that night that she met him no way for two years yeah back to Colombia. travel well they just traveled for two years together and oh wow what a whirlwind of a relationship that's amazing yeah they were their whole lives no 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 he um he left her when she was six months pregnant with me in Kathmandu so I was born in Kathmandu Nepal really wow yeah my parents were like the serious hippie like looking for mecca looking for the purpose in life but they were both big druggies back then so um my father actually died of an overdose years later but so i never met him um because he left us before i was born and then he came back when when i was a month old well, so my mom was left in Kathmandu with like no shoes, nothing. And she uh, found refuge in this uh, YWAM base, Youth with a Mission. It's a mission program. They have a base around every country. Okay. It's American. It's founded by Lauren Cunningham in, here in America. And it was really big in the 80s and 90s. And um, But it's my experience with it has been very cultish and not necessarily it's very interesting I was involved with um a youth program called teen challenge um and it was very cultish as well Um, just had like really crazy experiences with it and like it was like really great for some people and really awful what I experienced yeah same so we we the year we were in Kathmandu was with the base was good there and then we went four years in Spain after that and her my mom and I and that was okay I think and then once we got to Italy so we joined the YWAM base in Italy because I think my mom wanted me to do my schooling in Italian so by the time I was in first grade we were in Italy and it's in the very north like close to the border to Switzerland but the leaders there, um, there's three, there's one main, one main leader and then two other ones. Um, 
they were just very abusive, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so Mm. my mom and I, over the next 10 years, we both experienced different kind of abuse. Mm. I think my mom's was more spiritual and mental and mine was more physical and all that stuff. But um, Mm. it, you know, unpacking that as an adult, it's a whole thing. Yeah, you know, you just kind of go into survival mode, and you don't really like think that that stuff that happened to you is that yeah. um, detrimental to your health, but it is, and it's it's. I've spent the last maybe four years really unpacking all that stuff, and my mom has been gone for seven years, so I. But she never really wanted to talk about any of that stuff, you know. Mm, so she never talked about it really I mean we were a part of bringing the whole thing down what so my stepdad is American and so he came to Italy and fell in love with my mom same with YWAM the mission Mm. and then he joined YWAM Italy and when he joined YWAM Italy he started noticing some of the abuse abuse of power and just abuse of religion and all that stuff and so he applied for a job as a worship pastor in America and then he took us all to America when I was 15, a sophomore in high school. So, which, you know, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to any of us because we were all experiencing things and not really talking to each other about it. But also my parents were put in a position where they had to, I mean, in hindsight, they should have stuck up for me but they didn't in a lot of situations. And so I experienced some pretty severe abuse when I was like, like from 10 to 14, it was really bad. And yeah, at that point, they probably should have stuck up for me. But um, I think once it started, my sister, which was my stepdad's firstborn, once it started happening to her, Mm. he put his foot down and then we moved to America after that and then we were here for a year in Denver and then they kicked me out oh how old were you 16 why did they do that uh, they just or why did they say I guess they had this they had this impression of me that I was just a bad kid who broke Mm. rules and I mean, my mom was just like very, like, she used to take me to the gynecologist to check if I was a virgin. Really? That kind of, and I was like not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. She was just like, she was fucked up. And she took that out on me Mm. as opposed to taking it out on. Right. As opposed to facing her own shit even. Yeah. 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 So. Sorry, I just, I don't know who I just apologized to. Jared was yelling at my dog. And instead of like moving this away from me, I moved it closer. I was like, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I'm fine. Just... It's the performance coming out on you. But the family that I'm with right now. Yeah. They are the ones who took me in when my, my parents kicked me out. Wow. So I've been close with them for a minute. Mm. wow that's really special how how did you know them before 
it, the the wife Angie was my counselor. She like helped me when I first moved to the U.S. She was the assistant youth pastor at the same church where my dad was the youth, the worship pastor, and um, she counseled me. I was bulimic, and I was also obviously suicidal. And yeah. um, she just helped me in their great American culture because I didn't speak any English when I moved here. And yeah, and then you know she saw this side of me that was um the real side of me not whatever my parents were projecting on me so when they Mm. kicked me out for the last time because they had done it a bunch but she stood up for me in the church called like a meeting with the pastors and then the church sided with Angie and Damien and so wow I moved in with them Mm. and I spent my whole senior year with them and then yeah how affirming to to the journey that you were on in that point in your life you know to like have have your whole life experience be like invalidation by your parents and then the way they handled you know raising you and then like finally having someone be like no I vouch for this person you know they are who they say they are and we can we need to love them, you know, like, wow, that's so awesome. And so beautiful that you had that. Yeah. And that's why we're still close 20 years after that. So, Uh, wow. Well, not quite. Yeah. Like, you know, getting to that point, I'm 32. And so, you know, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, wow, I've had like, you know, friendships over the last like few years that I was like 10 years, 11 years, you know, it's like, it could have been longer, but like, I moved and like, you don't really start investing sometimes until you get a little bit older and (laughs) whatever, but it's like, wow, it's, I don't know. I think that's a lot of conversation lately with friends is like the talk about age because birthdays come up and whatnot. And it's just like, I think that, you know, it's such a beautiful journey. And like, I feel like at some point in my mid twenties, I was like, it just kind of clicked in my head where I was like, this isn't scary. I get it. Like, this is beautiful. And like, I'm getting to know myself better every year and whatever. And like every year it has felt that way. And like, especially once I hit my thirties, I don't know. It was just like another thing that was like, okay yeah like we're making growth is happening and like (laughs) adulting yeah you know adulting is it's work but like we have the control you know our life we have to make what we want out of it I think and and knowing that you have the control in the areas that you do have control of the things that matters like your your mental health and your well-being and you know and and those things it's that's I feel like where it that's where the growth kind of clicks and you're like, okay. And then when these things align, the rest of it aligns because, you know, exactly. We're working towards goals. And so we're doing it, you know, (laughs) we're doing it. That's my mantra always. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, I started meditating two and a half years ago and really this last year has been where I've noticed it like actually come out in every aspect of my life. But I got to this point where I, you know, I'm asking all these things from the universe, Mm. you know, to bless me with and believing that this is the path in my life. Mm. And then I found that I wasn't doing the 50% Mm. 
to get there right Right. it's like you have to meet the universe Mm. in order to receive these blessings and it's just as simple as like really believing that you're wanted really believing that you're worthy of love and worthy of respect and worthy of like reaping the benefits of all your hard work yeah like sometimes I can't tell you how many times I've gotten so many close so close to like like a $3 million deal on the table, you know, things like that in my life have happened numerous times. And then it just doesn't work out at the very end. And it's like, of course, not all of that is under my control, of course, but I just feel like I, maybe I I didn't believe in myself the way that I do now, or I didn't, I didn't, it's that feeling of being being worthy of being here even though my mom and dad really didn't want me like my dad abandoned me even before he met me Mm. and my mom like apparently couldn't get couldn't wait to get rid of me you know and it's like living with that is difficult because they're technically the only two people who are required to hopefully love you unconditionally. And so without that grounding love, experiencing, like I've, I literally remember growing up on eggshells every fucking day. I was spanked at least three times a day. Yeah. Like anything wrong that I did, I was called the daughter of the devil. Wow. You know, like it it takes a toll on a child to always feel like you're evil and you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, what comes out of you naturally is not right. Like your laugh is too loud, you're too flamboyant, like mm-hmm. you're too vivacious, you jump up and down too much, you have too many ideas, you have too many questions, like mm. all that stuff is just that's normal and it's beautiful. I was made to feel, not just feel, but like I had corporal punishment for that shit, you know, every day, all day. So I just made this decision decision that I really, if I really want to reap the benefits of all this fucking hard work that I've done in my whole life with music and art and just who I am as a creator and I really have to believe that I'm wanted on this fucking earth, even if my mom and dad did not want me here. Um, The universe still wants me here. And I think about, I know this sounds so cheesy, but I have this one of my meditations is like an Oprah thing that she said. It's like a masterclass of hers. And she talks about how she's like, think about like, the fact that that sperm hit that egg that very specific time and how rare it is that you were born and then think about all the other circumstances that were around your birth like my I have letters from my grandma in Italy I don't have them my mom had them telling my grandma telling my mom to leave me on the streets of Kathmandu and to just come back home to Italy and start over basically and it's like my mom let 
you know, he left her and she made the decision as a drug addict, like she, her favorite drug was opiates when she was pregnant with me. So I was born like addicted to hash and opium. And, wow. and um, I guess I can show you a picture of her. Um, this might be helpful to understand, but so look how skinny she was with me. Wow. Oh, wow. She was tiny. You don't look that unhealthy though. No, I do not. And I also, wow. yeah, that was, this is her time too. Oh, wow. Wow. How could she look so healthy though? Like in that picture, I'm like, I know, you know what I mean? I'm she's, like, she's that skinny in this. She's like sick in both of those pictures. She's just wearing loose clothes on the uh, side. Okay. And it's, you know, we're through a screen too. So it's, yeah. yeah. Wow, that is. That's just so my goodness yeah you know how many like just crazy things that happened in order for me to survive yeah thrive and like have like somehow I have a really high IQ which is like crazy because I was a drug baby and like you know all this crazy things that you just don't but hearing I guess Oprah talk about all these like like how crazy it is that you're here that you she's like the universe wants you here and I've gone back over and over to how the circumstances surrounding my birth the circumstances surrounding how we even got out of Kamandu and all that stuff it's really miraculous and it's something that I should feel love from not necessarily from you know, my mom or my dad, but I should feel love from the universe that yeah. I made it through those hard circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I've been working love on. Too. That's what I've been working on. You've been working on a lot. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Do a strut walk. <laughs> feel good about it. No, I mean, you've been working on it. Good for you, sis. Yeah. It's taken a long time to even be able to because I think like while my mom was alive I was always tr looking for ways to make her feel proud of me because she acted like she wasn't like she always thought I wasn't um I guess good enough or worthy of attention or love or whatever but yeah. so when she died obviously I went through a lot of trauma with that and then the grief but after the grief is kind of you go through it I was like I, I didn't know who I was because I didn't know who I needed to impress anymore like what the fuck am I doing all this oh, for you know wow. if not to have her if not if not to gain her love and her respect so I went through this period of time where I just just felt like I was just floundering around and didn't know yeah. I guess I'll try this for a while I guess I'll do this and so to even be able to for me to feel healthy enough 
mentally to address all these things. You know, I really think it's all meditation. Like for me, it's just 100 bit of meditation. That and I take this natural antidepressant. Oh, heck <laughs> that yeah. Is it St. John's Wort? No, it's Neproloft. Ooh. Ooh, what's that? Check it out because it's helping. It's well, it's all organic things that our body needs, but it's put together in a very in a pill form. And you take just take you can take like at first I was taking four a day. Now I'm taking two a day. Mm. But Interesting. for me, it just helped my lows not be so low. Yeah. Just because I just. I tend to be more of of like depression medicine. I feel like, cause I take depression medicine that's like prescribed and like, it doesn't change me. And like, we've had this conversation a lot recently of like, it doesn't change who I am Mm -hmm. so much. And that was something that like, sometimes I get cocky about like, and I will be like, well, I don't need it today because like, I feel fine, but like, Mm -hmm. it just (laughs) makes my lows not as low. Like, it's not that it like changes like how I feel about the things which like I get into my head sometimes and I'm like it does change how I feel about things but like when I'm on it consistently and I'm like taking my medication and I'm like caring about my mental health which is something I should do all the time Mm -hmm. um I really notice that like I'm able to like cope with like the lows like I had a bad really bad day the other week um at work and like everything that could go wrong did go wrong and I took like my medication that day and I like um took an extra anxiety medication with me to work and I took it and it was just like I needed that like I needed that like consistency or I would have like crumbled and like had a panic attack and like not been able to handle myself because like I'm not able to handle like things that are like out of the ordinary and so like having that like not low is the lowest low then I'm able to really yeah Mm. yeah for me it's like I still have my lows they're Mm. not as as many days out of the month it used to be 15 and 15 Mm. and the lows are like you know, you have the real playing over and over in your mind. So that has stopped over mm-hmm. the last year because of meditation. So I don't have a real anymore. But the other thing that's changed is I just feel like I'm allowing myself to be on that low for however long I need to be to just feel whatever I'm feeling. Obviously, I need to feel it. I need to, like yesterday, I spent all day crying and being upset about I just got out of a relationship that was very just it was basically a replica of my mother just in a man um the whole walking on eggshells the whole being put down constantly the whole just control all of that stuff and so I was upset about that but at the same time I wasn't hating myself Mm. like yeah and then you're able to just like obviously my my 
my heart needs to feel these things so yeah. that I don't do it again and that I mm-hmm. process this pain. But it's like, I just, I, it doesn't make me feel like I'm worthless and I need to kill myself because mm-hmm. of it. They're just not, I don't dip there anymore. And then I'm able to get myself out of Like I still went for a five mile walk yesterday. I still, mm-hmm. you know, like I, if I, if I just, I'm, I think that's part of the, probably this unto the present. It just helps me just get up and do things and get myself out of it. And like, gives you the energy your body needs to get up and get moving. And that's almost what I meant earlier with like the dog thing. I'm like, yeah, like dogs are important. And I think they help us because like, for me, it's like, it gets, it gets me up and it reminds me to feed myself, you know, when I'm having those really hard low days or low weeks or like, you know, cause sometimes it, it be like, that, you know, yeah. sometimes it is 15 days in a row that you just feel like, I guess I'm just going to eat another bowl of peanut butter because I don't have the energy to cut some kale, you know, like literally that's like, my it's life. really hard. It's hard to cut some kale sometimes. <laughs> it's like opening the fridge door. You're just like, uh, but then I got or like you eat kale but then you add it to a bowl of pasta and you're well, like well obviously oh, that's something you know it's all about balance okay for me it's all just trying to put that nutrition but I was thinking earlier um when you were talking about like after your mom died it's just like processing that and just kind of figuring out like you know your own your own voice and like what you even wanted you know it's like figuring that like figuring out what has been running your life. And like, I feel like I've kind of been on that journey this last year as well, like coming out of a really like eight year long, really unhealthy, really controlling, um, you know, you married this guy, didn't you? Yeah. And it was not great. (laughs) And layers and layers of Um, I know we've talked about like our past a little bit, like, uh, you know, I had sexual abuse when I was young, but, um, that was an element of our marriage that I didn't even realize until like it was over kind of thing, because it had been so normalized and the way that, you know, he treated it and kind of made it like this weird, playful thing that was just like, oh, I just dreamt that I, we were messing around kind of, that was always the narrative, but it was like, no, I was asleep. And you know, that, that was kind of always the thing. And so it was just like that coming out of that, um, that was kind of like a thing, but like we've (laughs) shared stuff. And so that's kind of been like this huge period of life coming out of that and that huge realization right at the end of like all of it the day he moved out essentially that was like this light bulb moment um happened again I'm not in your relationship like this is not okay like it was just like so much stuff and realizing like oh that's what that is that I've been dealing with but like inside of a relationship with this guilt of like, well, we're not having a sex relationship that's healthy and like normal. So like, I can't say anything because like, you know, it's just like all of these weird things that happen when like sex isn't a normal topic in your life, you know, like I feel like if sex was normalized in my life in like conversation, then that would have been something that I would have known before the relationship even started, that that was like a violation that I could be upset about, even though we were in a relationship, 
you know, but like, because that's not really something we talk about that, like, even if you're in a relationship, you can be violated by someone. Then it doesn't, feel we don't talk about like it, even a thing, you know, when you're experiencing it, it doesn't feel like it's even a thing you're experiencing no, because you can't even validate you it to like, think about it at the time when you're in that situation. Cause you're like, am I overreacting? Mm-hmm. Am I doing blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, because you want to protect them because yeah, you're in a relationship with them. Because so you're like, you no do way love that them. Real. You just like, like, wait, is this really love? Or is <laughs> right. this what like is me protecting people? Is this really and it's like for- is this me having guilt that I'll be perceived as the one that's doing something wrong, that I'm the one that's going to hurt like this person's reputation if I speak my truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've learned, um, I've been in situations where um, it's been a, he said, she said situation and just like not being believed is enough to scare you to never speak again. Like, it doesn't matter who doesn't believe you, but just like one time not being believed will keep you from speaking up for yourself. Potentially. For years. Like in my Mm -hmm. own personal experience, like for years until I was like older, being able to say like, you cannot speak to me like that. Like Mm -hmm. you like, cannot treat me like I'm an object like I had this guy I went back to my hometown and I was walking to my car and this guy um cat called me and it's just like it's different in my hometown because the population is so small he probably like knew me and I haven't lived there since I was really young and so like it was just kind of like a a sleazy situation rather than just like a random situation And I stood up for myself in that one time that I stood up for myself when somebody cat called me, I was able to like feel liberated from all the times I didn't stand up for myself and it promotes me to like stand up for myself later, but some people don't feel that ever. And some people don't get to that place. So, yeah, it's, um, I just realized like after I broke up with him that my body was never my own. Mm-hmm. Like if I said no, it was it would cause a fight. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't say no, but then I was like getting into doing things I didn't want to do. Didn't right. feel like doing or to fight or like <sighs> To avoid a fucking fight. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and not not being rude about it. Like if I just said, if I just said, um, I just need some time alone. Mm-hmm. Please don't touch me for a little bit. Yeah, that's a fight. Like just said like that. And it's like you should. It's important. You should be able to have boundaries, and your body. Like hi, my tits are my own. Yeah, they're on my body. I don't want you on them. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like, if I ask you, please, like, also, that should be a conversation. Don't just, like, come up and grab them. Like, what the fuck? Unless, like, you know, relationships where you have a vibe, like, a vibe is a vibe. Of course. All that is fine, but just out of the blue. Exactly. And you know what? That that proves, like, after you ask. You know, you've got to, I feel like that's part of the thing, too, is, like, 
I felt that way with Voldemort. I call my ex Voldemort because taking the power back and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just we don't need to say their name. I support you. Yeah. Um, so with Voldemort, I felt the same way. It was like I, I was bothered by that. It's just like I didn't feel like my body was my own. And so it feels like a violation when they're touching and without asking because there is like a layer that maybe you're not thinking about in that where you're like, I do feel violated by you. And, you know, on mine, it was like a whole nother level that I wasn't thinking about that I was like burying and da 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 da. But I didn't mean to make this conversation about me. I was talking about that for some reason. Oh, because like processing all of that, you know, and coming into this time of really realizing all of this stuff at once that like, I'm coming out of this like big picture controlling relationship where like I had been isolated down to like having no friends and all of this stuff. And so like, this was this big, like literally jumping next day from all of that realization and chaos into isolation, quarantine. And like, I got divorced during quarantine and I've just like been sitting on my front porch meditating and staring at the sky and breathing into the trees and, and like being on your fucking self, being by myself and hearing like, my own just, voice. And that's, the oh thing. my God, that's where it even started. Where this thought started was like hearing my own voice and realizing like, I, everybody else has controlled my life. And I've allowed that because that was the, I grew up in a very Christian conservative household. That was like, Mm -hmm. that was the, that was the thing less you want to be selfless and you want to look out for everybody else more than yourself. But that is detrimental to me. I find that harmful because then I became an adult that didn't know that I was doing that to a point of harming myself. And I wasn't looking out for my best interest because I never had the, I had the permission given to me to find out what I even wanted and needed. You know, I was too focused on taking care of everybody else. And really like in the early life, that was like worrying about people's souls and like, you know, that kind of thing, Christian wise, but like, you know, outside of that, it's such it, a brainwash. Yeah. And it was also like a, it, that went into my relationships. And I think that that is why I fell into an abusive relationship because I was, I was way more worried about, well, this person just died. So I've got to keep this relationship going for that. You know, there were so many times that I almost broke it off because it was not good and it was not happy, but there just kept being thing after thing that kept happening. That was like, well, you know, this trauma brought us closer and we feel close and we love each other, you know? And it's just like, that is not great, but that's how life happens. And then eight years later, I am not my own being anymore. I barely am even knowing who I am. And I married this person that I never even barely even liked, you know, in the beginning, I barely even liked this person, but I was like, it's fun to be flirted with and it's fun to be pursued and da, 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 da. And I didn't want to date anyone. I didn't want marriage ever, even my life. And then I was drinking a lot. And then I got you know, was fighting the depression and all this stuff. And like when you're drinking too much and you're not focusing on your mental health slash you're ignoring your mental health slash, you know, sometimes you were never given the tools to even know how to look at your mental health. So how are you supposed to, you know? So it's just like this last year of finally diving in and finally finding the tools to like figure out how to just 
stare into my mind's eye, you know, and like stare into the trauma, whatever that may be, like all of it, you know, and just be like, fuck this, because it's either going to break me or it's going to make me the strongest, baddest bitch I've ever been. And that's the one I chose because I can't do the other one. Like I refuse. Yeah. I just, I literally was on a walk and I was doing a meditation and I, it's an I am meditation. So you just keep repeating all these great I am things. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, how can I keep asking this universe to bless me? Literally, I'm asking so many things out of the universe and I'm doing all this work for it. How can the universe do that if I'm allowing every day this other human to call me a piece of shit? Ooh, got him. Like, I'm like, I got to get away from that in order to really, a believe that I'm not a piece of shit, (laughs) but also allow the universe to, to show me something different. Mm -hmm. Like how can it bring something great into my life when I'm allowing that bullshit to happen every fucking day? Yeah, absolutely. Every day for five years, five years. Oof. It's just like, why, what do you even think? What do you even think about yourself? Like, but I just, I just was in love Mm. and made excuses for myself, for him. Mm -hmm. And I still love this person, but I don't want to be with this person. Yeah. And and did you know it was bad the whole time? You know, did you feel that way? The I mean, whole yeah, time? I it I did. I just when we met, like I I was in between back surgeries. So I had a really I had my second major back surgery right when we were together, mm-hmm. and so I was like needing him for a lot of things. Um, and my mom had just died, you know, and like financially I wasn't doing good because of my back. Cause I was in pain all the time. Um, so you just, you just make compromises and excuses and, and it doesn't all happen at once. Of course, like so it's slow. gradual. And then all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm. Whoa, like this is, t- this is really bad. Yeah. And I got away from it for some last year and then Uh, we ended up moving together to LA yeah and you just don't know you just don't know when you're living in it all day you just don't realize that your body is going into survival mode and you're not growing you're not doing anything with your fucking life because all you're doing is fucking just surviving this all day every day trying so hard and you're, and I, I was spending most of my day making, trying to make sure that he wasn't going to get upset, even though he was going to get upset anyways. Yeah. I think you're catching me on a day where I'm really like, yesterday I was crying about it all day because I was just like angry okay. that there's so many great parts about him. Sure. Obviously I was with him for five years. There's right other parts of him that were things that kept you hanging on yeah but it's like 
I'm just angry that I allowed myself mm. to be spoken to in that manner, to be treated with that much disrespect. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't let other people do that to me. And I don't do that to myself. Like I, I'm not that kind of a human. Like, yeah. and I don't treat others like that. And yeah. I've always been like, you know, pretty like, if I put my mind to something, I'll fucking do it. That's how I've been yeah. my whole life. And if I need to teach myself how to do something, I will do it. I came here, didn't speak a lick of English. And in one year, like I knew it. Yeah. And I like to excel at things that I do. I like to be perceived as really good at something that I'm doing. So this is pretty unlike me to just surround myself with the person that's beating me down every fucking day yeah and making me feel like without them I'm worth nothing right that's what I felt yeah like all of these things that I wanted to do I felt like I couldn't do them unless I was with him and it's like mm. what Christina what did you do before him right <laughs> yeah. hello hello like it's just we tell ourselves these lies but it's like it's not it's not just all me. Like he worked on me for years and years yes. and slowly, slowly yeah. manipulated his way into me. Yeah. And I think that that's what, if I can be a voice of grace, hopefully in your life, because like I have definitely been in that conversation with myself of like, I can't fucking believe that I would allow myself to you know, be in something for so fucking long, you know, because when you come out of it, you're just like, God damn it. How have I denied myself for so long? You know, and you just feel like you've just like, like, did, did I even love myself for like the last exactly. eight years to just disappear? But it's like that thing of like, you got to give yourself that grace of like, you went into survival mode and you were just trying your best to take care of yourself. And, and I feel like also, and in your 30s is when your childhood trauma really comes into fruition in your life mm. it's kind of like you know um I don't know if you watched the Michael Jackson never finding Neverland on HBO mm -mm. but it's these survivor kids who tell their story and all of them do not experience what they've gone through as in childhood until they're in their mid-20s well mm. as a 25 year old i am looking forward to this next chapter of my life <laughs> I yeah I so my trauma but here we go get ready so and, and for me it's like i'm remembering things that i forgot had happened yeah and i'm having memories you know see that's what scares me because like i've blocked out a lot of my childhood and I was Same. having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was like, I feel like I am able to like really function as an adult because I'm able to block out so many like harmful things that happened to me. And he was like, well, that's not good either. And no, I and was like, yeah, up. but he was like, you're going to feel it eventually. And I was like, I know, but I'm not feeling it right now. Like and a like, lot of people that happens when they become parents because all of a sudden they see the child they're like what this shit happened to me at that age like what the fuck 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. all of you're not realizing that you yeah. were a child when you went through this stuff. Right, right, right. Because like, I, I feel like in your mind's eye, you're always the same age. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I just like, don't. I just kind of- You can't unknow myself. the things that you yeah. already know. Like, yeah. you have to think about that. You can't unknow mm-hmm. what you already know. So as a child, you can't go back and put your mind into that state because you can't unknow the things that you know now. Right. And- just to realize like you had no advocate for whatever it is that you went through yeah like the abuse no one was advocating for you and now it's your job as an adult to go back through those memories and advocate for yourself yeah and Mm -hmm. say to yourself good way to look at that is like go back discover those memories and advocate for yourself like that's just such like a powerful take on that yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going back and I'm going, Christina, you did not deserve that. Yeah. Because you, you have to say that for that. yourself. Yeah. yeah, 100. I I don't know how you guys are, but um, when I stand up for myself now, I'm like, was that okay? Was I too harsh? And like question myself. And so I had a conversation with my partner the other day and I said, um, I stood up for myself in a situation where I felt like I was really wronged. And I usually don't. And I said, was that wrong of me to like say something? And my partner was like, no, that was terrible what was happened. But you took back the power when you said, hey, please don't do that to me ever again. And it's like, okay, like, that's fine. But I feel so guilty about those like mm-hmm. initial moments of standing <laughs> up for myself and being like, don't do that to me, please. Like, I don't stop being nice, but like. I say like, hey, that's not going to work for me. That's not going to like, that's not the way to build like a relationship or a friendship. Please don't do that anymore. And if you do, you're not going to keep me in your life. But then I feel so guilty about those times. And I'm like, yeah, was that okay? Like, was I too harsh? Was I like, and like deep down, I know I wasn't too harsh and I could have been way more harsher, harsher, way more harsh. Yeah. Way more harsh. Like part of the program. I could have been that's in us as women of like not yeah we constantly are taught oh boys will just be boys yeah. or yeah make we don't want to be smaller you're the servant like not too loud you know like boys will be boys go fuck yourselves you know like that's why that's why it's in that mentality of you know like that's part of a problem you know yeah and then that's like a part of our programming in training is like apologizing and put ourselves down and being like oh yeah 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 probably someone else knows better than me oh I deserve that for that and yeah yeah, yeah. that's basically it's just I read an article um a while ago that said um I said what would women do we pulled women what would they do if men didn't exist for 24 hours and it was like really interesting to hear like people wanted. would be like we would go for a walk like so many people would just say I would go for a walk at night like I would do like simple basic things alone like I would mm-hmm. go like do this like without that and like I don't really believe that like just men are like can be like predators and just men can be like people who like make you feel like you're in danger but like I took that like article to read like what would like people do if like all their fears like weren't a problem for 24 hours. Well, st- statistically, 
statistically. Well, statistically, but I don't want to categorize a... No, we don't want to make... We are not trying to do that. Like, what... how, How women are trying to change the status quo is not by diminishing Mm-mm. the yeah. male but the it male is statistically been... they are they threaten us yes. more than anything else and they're the most like child molesters are statistically yeah. men serial killers are statistically men it's sad that like both <laughs> those things it's like both white men like white men are statistically serial killers white men are statistically um and i'm There's saying this more, yeah. i don't know yeah this. we're gonna fact check this because as i'm saying it i'm like yeah i have all the confidence but like no, probably heard that i probably i think it's funny. just men in general because also like you like if you go if you look at history and of war in africa like they and even in the middle east they fight wars really by destroying children and women in the villages that's how they fight their wars same in same in um the serbian war that was in yugoslavia and all that area over there the war was on purpose was rape and killing kids and stealing the kids and putting them into child armies and all that stuff that's how they do it because that's the most Supplemental thing because women are you know we're what keeps a village together what keeps people running what keeps people loved like we are the ones that you know there's a lot of um nonprofit organization that are now concentrating on really teaching women traits in their own country where they are mm-hmm. to because men once they learn a trade they tend to leave that village and go and make a life somewhere else like in the big city or whatever but women will stay and help their people out yeah and so as far as economies growing and flourishing it has a lot to do with women a lot a lot more than you think and i think in general it's just time to regain our power and regain our place in society in every single area and it's not really about ruling or control or anything like that but it is about having both aspects you know like historically I was reading about why the Egyptians first of all we're all wrong in the timelines where you know his it their, their timeline is much longer than what we studied in at school but the reason why they flourished so much all those years huh I said yes our education's garbage yeah yeah <laughs> yes um the reason why they flourished so much is because they respected both man, male and female and they ruled together and they understood that their differences made them stronger together like and that they were good at different just, things yeah. mm-hmm. and that you needed both to have a healthy society and unfortunately for the last 2000 fucking years we've only had one perspective yep and it's just time I'm tired of it for something different it's time for we're something bored. different yeah. christina say it again <laughs> it's time for something different uh, it's time for something different it really really is <laughs> well christina i think uh we we're gonna say that you. this has been such an enlightening 
great conversation and thank yeah. you for inviting us in your life. Thanks for being raw with thank us. Thank you Dude, for really asking me to be it. a part of this. I, um, I'm happy just, Amanda, it's really good to hear that you're out of that situation and that you're loving yourself. And yeah. I want all of us to do that every single day. We're trying, you know, and I think that like the biggest thing in my life has just been like <sighs> finding the friendships really to like push like the accountability within a friendship of even just being like able to be like, how's the mental health today? Or even like just having the freedom and like the comfortability, if it's a word to say mental health, not having a great time today. That's it. That's all I've got to say. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to, you know, whatever, but like, I just need to let it out there. And the burden is lifted. Like 50%, I feel like even just saying it out loud totally, to someone totally. else, you know? And I think like that empowers you to just be able to be like, like kind of what you're finding. Like I've found my voice to be able to say, I love myself, you know, and I'm loving myself in the way of like finding people, attracting people, if you will, to come into my life and feed myself the way I need to be fed, you know? I'll, um, I'll leave you with this thought, but is um the more you work on yourself the more you work on your frequency basically and make it higher make it more positive make Mm. it more loving you're going to automatically without even trying attract people in your life that are doing that are on that same wavelength that are on that same path you won't even know but all those people that were not serving you in that way are just gonna fade away on their own and then you will be just constantly left with people who are doing what you're doing making themselves higher and higher and higher and that's just how life how friendships work the best is when iron sharpens iron and so you just keep doing you yeah keep doing what's best for you what makes you live authentically and your path will <laughs> automatically align with other people who are also living their lives oh that's so great i have thank so much you. love for you Good. i mean Thanks. i really like you too i just like want to be friends with you so if you want to be friends with me too check the box for yes check the box check the box and i have artist dreams that i would love to have a facetime day where we just talk art things because i've got yeah let's do it yeah thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this i'm really grateful for being here we appreciate it bye christina i have a good day life's a lot